day. So thankful you're here. Um, you know, my dad was a, was, is a retired history teacher. And so in my life, I, I spent a lot of time at the dinner table talking about various history uh, events, historic events, and history lessons were just a part of our dinner conversations. And, and especially the year I graduated, it was 1989. It's kind of crazy. My 30th high school reunion is this year. I'm getting old. Uh, but um, in 1989, something big happened in the world. And if you uh, uh, can think back on it with me, that was when the, the Berlin Wall fell. My dad was just so fired up about it. He was uh, uh, just excited about that moment of Eastern Europe being opened up. And it was interesting because uh, my freshman year of college, he calls me and says, hey, we're going to Europe this summer. I was like, cool, are we going to like England and, and France and all those things? And he's like, no, we're going to Eastern Europe. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't even know, I mean, I knew some, some of the things about Eastern Europe, but, but it, was, it was really a fascinating trip. It wasn't a mission trip. It was more of just a, a two-week trek through Eastern Europe looking at these places that were now opened up. And, and God really used that. God really spoke to me at different points in that experience. And in one of those moments, I was in Prague, and we were, we were overlooking the, we were on the Charles Bridge in Prague. And it was fascinating because I didn't even realize at that point I had not studied much church history and didn't realize how much Christian history went through Prague. And, and I was on this bridge, and there's all these saints, statues of saints. And it was a Friday night, and I, uh, I kind of drifted off by myself. And, and I don't know if you've ever traveled or been in another country, but when you don't know the language and all of a sudden you hear English, you're like, I hear English. I hear English. Where, where is that coming from? And so there was a, uh, a group of like three college guys, and I heard John Cougar Mellencamp. And I was like, I know that song. And so I, I drifted to this group of guys, and they were singing and playing. And, and then all of a sudden, I hear English again, and it was a praise song. I was like, I, I know that song. And so I drifted on down the bridge, and it was a group of Campus Crusade missionaries. And I walked up to them, and I was like, what are you guys doing? He goes, oh, we're sharing the gospel. I was like, no kidding. Man, I'm a Christian too. And it was like we had this really cool bonding moment that, that we were Christians. And, and it, was, it was a moment God spoke to me about the church. You know, we're part of the church, capital C. You know what I mean by that? Have you ever heard that term? We're a part of the church, capital C, meaning that every person that has come to know Christ throughout the history of the world, Every, every nation, every person that's come to know Jesus, we're brothers and we're sisters in Christ. Now, now, this is important to keep in mind, especially right now, in light of the tensions that are rising in Iran. Okay, let's keep in mind something very important. Do you realize that the church is rapidly growing in the country of Iran? For the first time... In, in really the history of the world, Persians are coming to Christ in huge numbers. So can I challenge us that when we hear about these tensions in Iran, rather than um, joining in the rhetoric of getting mad, let's, let's begin to pray for our brothers and sisters that are in Iran. Because we have a bunch, a growing number of, of believers are in Iran. 
we are a part of the church Big C. And when I came to Christ, I, I, I came to understand that. That, man, this is really cool. But I'm also a part of the church Little C, lowercase C. That, that's describing the local church, the local body. And, and though it's amazing and really cool to be a part of the church Big C, when I think about the Little C church, that's really the group of people that has shaped my life. I mean, that was the group of people that, that I came to, I was with when I came to realize that I needed to be forgiven, that I needed a Savior. And it was, it was those people around me that led me to Christ, took me to camp. I got saved at camp. And, and, uh, and, and I, re- I remember, well, I, I got a, my mom actually led me to Christ, but it was at camp that I started asking these questions. And then my mom led me to Christ, but it was the church little C where I was in this environment of coming to know Christ. Then at camp, that's when God, I felt a call to ministry. And it was the little C church that said, hey, Chris, let's come alongside you. Let's walk with you and let's see what God's doing in your life. And I grew up in my faith. And so it's the church little C where God has planted me to live. Now, now this is kind of where we're going today. We've been in this series called The Walk, which for the last several weeks, we've been looking at how to walk with the Lord. And I would argue that a lot of us, in the rest of the summer, that's what we're going to be diving into. How do we walk with the Lord? Most of us would that know Christ, we want to walk with the Lord, but we often struggle in the house. How do we really walk with the Lord? Well, we looked the first week at at John 15 about abiding in Christ, that we have this, it begins with a relationship with God, that you and I have the opportunity to have a relationship that's personal with the King of all kings. Now, that's even, that's what eternal life is. John 17, 3. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. So eternal life begins when you come to know Christ. And it's my prayer that you, you come to know Jesus. That's the most important thing. But then as we walk with the Lord, we, we look to the second week at the importance of his word. How God has given us his word as a guide, as a direction. We can, we can learn from his word. Then, last week, we looked at prayer. How we connect with God in praying and, and, and talking to him. And it's this two-way conversation. And today, we're going to turn our attention to the church. Because the church is such a beautiful gift. Now, it's interesting, as we look at, even in America, one of the struggles that I, that I see in the church uh, today. We, we live in this... Um, there's a new mentality that I see, which is the privatization of church or the consumerism of church. That, that, that some, you find a lot of people that say, you know what, I'm a part of the big C church and that's good. I really don't have to plug in to the little C church. But we do. We need one another. It's in this environment where God has planted us together. God has put people in your life for you to be together with, for you to know, for you to walk with, for you to rub shoulders with, for you to interact with. Now, now we live here. God planted us here. I mean, we've got a few guests here from Tennessee and out of, out of around, but, but most of us live here, right? And, and so I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at, look at somebody that's on your row. Now say, say something to them. Say, say something to them. I don't, I don't care. Say something. Introduce yourself. Talk to them. Talk to them in church. You can look across the aisle. 
Let me look across now. Come on. Let's just, I'm giving you permission to talk in church. I used to get in trouble for talking in church. Come on. I mean, I mean, I got my mouth washed out with soap for talking in church, and I'm letting you do it today. Um, but you know what? We're to know one another. God has put us together for a reason. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, turn there. Because this is one of those beautiful metaphors that we see in Scripture where God describes the church to us. And he, he uses it with a, a metaphor of the body, that we, that, that we are like a body. You know, um, and each one of our parts are important. Because I, I know sometimes it's easy to look at, oh, well, Chris, you're, you're the pastor, so you preach. Your role is really important. The reality is, is every role in this church is important. So let's look at this. Stand with me, and let's read this text today. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And um, we stand, if you're visiting today, we stand in honor of God's word. It's just a way to make a statement that this is God's word to us. This is not my word. This is uh, giving kind of respect to the word of God. But as we look at this passage, I want you to notice that the, the references to this one body with many members and how we need one another. Verse 12 says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? Where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? 
Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now this week, this passage is so fascinating because it's saying, look, um, the church is like a body. If all of us were a mouth, how would we smell? Right? We couldn't smell. Maybe that would be good for some of us. Um, But if all of us were an ear, I mean, if everybody was an ear, how would we get to have donuts at the coffee shop? I mean, that would be bad. It's, it's just this beautiful analogy. This week, we saw the body coming together in beautiful ways at VBS. Oh, my goodness. We had, like, all those electric chihuahuas running around. It was crazy. And, and they were running all over the place. And, and, and we had a group of people, and it was so fascinating, so creative. Our, our team, like, on Monday, our, our, our theme was uh, we were in New York City. It was a missions theme with VBS. They wrote an original script. It was, fa- it was amazing with our team. Uh, they, and, and it was uh, New York City. Then the next day, they went to Nicaragua. The stage looked like Nicaragua. The next day, they were, it looked like England. It had Big Ben up here. The next day, we were in Cambodia. had uh, monkeys and stuff running around and elephant with the trunk that moved. I was like, oh, my goodness. How is this happening? And, they, and, and it was so cool because after the kids would leave, this whole team of people would come in and go, Look, it's, uh, it's a new, uh, they would decorate, redo the whole thing. It was beautiful how the body worked together. And see, here's the thing. All of us are called together. Point number one, if you're following in your notes, I want you to see this. Staying connected to people in close fellowship is a critical source of daily strength for every believer. Now, as you look at this passage in 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing to the church. The church is new. Uh, the, there's Gentiles. There's, there's uh, Jews. There's slaves. There's slave owners. There's, there's uh, Roman centurions. There's all kinds of people that have come to Christ. And, and when they came into the church, they said, yeah, we're all important. And that's very important for us to remember. And in our church here, here's who we are. We're committed to community. We're committed to know one another, to walk together, to love one another. And it's my prayer that we recognize that we are to be intentionally involved with one another. Now, here's the point. Here's one of the points. God never intended us for, for us to be Lone Ranger Christians. And I see that a lot in our culture. I see that like, oh, well, I don't have to be a part of the church. We're not meant to be Lone Rangers. We're not meant to be by ourselves. We need one another. And in our church, we have four big goals, uh, four four of the big goals that we have. Number one is that we, we are ambassadors for Christ. We see people come to know Christ. And it's my prayer that often and all the time we see people coming to Jesus. And this is a goal we have as a church. Another goal that we have in our church is that you grow in your walk with the Lord and your walk with one another. We've got, to, we've got to learn from one another and grow together. Our purpose statement, we say it like this. God has called us. Our purpose is to love all people to Christ and equip them on their journey with God and one another. And it's our prayer that you grow in your walk with God, that you grow in your relationship with one another. It's, it's my, another big goal of our church is that we serve others that we're a church that is serving people in this community. That's why I love the mission, and I pray that we are known for how we serve 
people around us. And this is my prayer. This is a big goal. Finally, a, 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 another big goal of our church is that we're, we live on mission. I'm learning um, more and more how right now in a, in a culture that is becoming more and more antagonistic to, to the Scripture, that, that we, in the, we Christians in the world need to act like missionaries. And we are to live on mission. And it's my prayer that every day we are a people that are living on mission. And I'm learning that balance and strength, it's impossible apart from a close close relationship with God's people. And if we don't foster and develop a close relationship with one another, we'll never fulfill God's purpose for us here. And so it's my prayer that we learn to live life together. It's why, it's why Brad Ayler, I love, I love serving on staff with Brad Ayler. He's over all of our groups. And it's why we, we are pushing all of us to be in life together, to be in groups together. And, and I pray that you don't just come into this room, but you plug in. Because one of the greatest values of church is that you are known and that you know others. God has called us to be together And we need one another, and this is really important. Look at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And see, Here's what's beautiful. As you saw all these different types of people coming together, different races, different economic statuses were coming together in one church, God was teaching them that one of the identifying marks of a disciple is a growing love for one another. And this is something I pray we see in our church, in our community, that it's, it, you know that it's by our love for one another, that's how they're going to know we're Christians. Jesus said, they will know we are Christians by our love. And this is what I pray we're known for. This is what I pray we get good at. We get good at loving one another. I pray, I long to be a, to, for our church, for this church, to not see color of skin, to not see economic uh, status, to not see any of the things that divide us in our country, not see political parties not see generational differences. I pray we just love one another no matter where we come from or who we are. I pray that. And this is what the Bible talks about, that one of the identifying marks, Jesus said in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this All people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. That's got to be where we go. That's got to be how we live. Verse 14 says this. Paul writes, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then he uses this analogy of the foot. The foot's not going to say, Because I'm not a hand, I'm not important. All of us play a role. All of us are important. important. Point number two is this. The body of Christ is a crucial source of accountability and blessing in everyday life. Now, now this is the beauty of the church. This is what I discovered about the church, Little C. 
as I, though it was cool on that bridge in, in Prague to see the church big C at work, it was the church little C that changed my life, that God used to, to grow me, to strengthen me, to help me. And this is why we shouldn't look at other roles or people and say, you know what, I'm more important. No, we're all critically important in the life of this church. And, and what does the body do? Think about this. What do we do as the body of Christ? In the body, we worship, don't we? I mean, I loved it today. I loved watching the kids helping us move today. I wished I was a little more charismatic today. I wish I had a little more rhythm today. Because you know, I, I, I struggle singing and clapping at the same time. And, and I, some of you do too. I watched you today. And, um, but, but, you know, the truth is it was beautiful watching our kids up here leading us to, to move. We should move. We should learn to worship the Lord. You know, in the body we worship, in the body we work together. That's what we do in the body. In the body we witness together. We, we, we represent Christ together. In the body we confront one another. This is something we do in the body. And I'm grateful for the people in my life that confronted me. There were times I have been confronted in my life by people that watched me, that knew me, that saw me and said, Chris, you got to stop that. You see, the body is there to confront. In the body, guess what else we do? We restore. You know, I saw this in my life. You know, in my family, we, I mean, I grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon in the church that I grew up in. And you know what? Our family went through a real need of restoration. You know, my, my oldest sister, who I, is like another mom to me, she got pregnant when she was in high school. And it was, a, it was like, oh, man, that was a big scandal in the church even. I thought it was kind of cool because I was the only uncle in my kindergarten class. I thought, that's cool, man. I'm an uncle. And, uh, and so, but, but that rocked my family. But you know what we, fought, we found is the church restored us. Oh, my goodness. We've gotta, we're going to make mistakes at times. We're going to fail at times. And the reason God put us together yeah, to confront, but also to restore. And this is what he says. This is why we need to recognize, like, like when I, I'm playing basketball, I, well, I used to play basketball with these guys until a few weeks ago. When I, well, a month ago, I sprained my ankle. And uh, I came to find out that my ankle is a very important part of my body. I don't think about my ankle very much, but I retired from basketball. Kendall, I'm done. And... Um, but you know what? We're all important, and we need to not forget that. I love what Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says. Look at this verse. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good works. You know, one, one of my, I, I like that stir up. Oh, the, the way I memorize it, let us spur one another on. I mean, we're from Oklahoma. We know what spurs are, right? Spurs are like, let's go. Let's go. And the Bible tells us that we should spur one another on. We should challenge one another towards love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as some, as is the habit of some. 
You know, it's easy to get out of the habit of coming to church, isn't it? Very quickly, we all know that. It's easy to get out of the habit. We should notice one another, that you should pay attention to those in your group who miss like three weeks in a row. Where are they? Let's go call them. Let's go connect with them. Look, this is why you've got to make sure you don't just come into this room, but you are known and you make yourself known. You know, he says, some are in the habit of doing this, and, but, but then he goes on, he says, but, but we should encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, what is that day? Capital D, right? In your, you know, in your Bibles, in my Bible, it's capital D. Because the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who he is, but, but the writer of Hebrews says there's going to be a day that Jesus is going to return. We just sang about it, that he's going to return. And we should encourage one another all the more. And I, I don't know about you, but when I watch the news, I'm thinking, I think that day is approaching. I mean, I'm not, I mean, this is so insightful. You're going to go, wow, you are so smart. It's closer today than it's ever been. <laughs> right, that's smart. You write that down and have it. But, but, folks, there's a day coming. Jesus will return. And we are to encourage one another to be a part of his church. Little c. Now, point number three. Christ expects every believer to cultivate deep relationships with one another. Now, let's think about that language. Christ expects some things from us. Now, we, we get this. The memory verse for this series, Micah 6.8, he has showed you, oh man, what it is that the Lord requires of you, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with the Lord. That there are some things God expects of us. And, and one of those things that God expects us to do is to cultivate deep relationships with one another. Now, my wife said to me the other day, she goes, man, our flowers look better than they've ever been, ever looked, because we haven't had to water them for until the last three weeks, right? Now we're out there going, okay, they're dying. They're dying today because we got to get some water on those bad boys, okay? But I've, I'm, I'm not a a master gardener or anything, but I've learned that my plants that I want to grow need cultivation. Same is true for us. If we're going to grow in our walk with the Lord, we need to cultivate deep relationships with each other. I want you to hear some of these, these um, the messages from Scripture. I'm just going to read them. Write these references down. John 15, 12, and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. We're to have the kind of friendships. We're to cultivate the kind of friendships and relationships that we would lay our lives down for one another. That's what the church is. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all time, times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, one of, the, um, one of the blessings of church is that we are together through tough times. 
You know, this week, uh, Dean and Sylvia Foster are right back there. I didn't ask you permission to use this, but, but can I? Thanks. Um, I don't usually do, uh, maybe I do that too much, but they had their 63rd wedding anniversary this week. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't get to 63 years by accident. Right? And, you know, if you're the beautiful thing about our church, if you're studying, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're having a hard time in your marriage, we have people you can talk to that have been married for 63 years. That's better than any counselor you'll ever pay for. I bet they'll do it for coffee. You know, we were born, brothers were born for adversity. When we face adversity, there is help in the church. And this is why you need to be known. And you need to make yourself known. The fact that we know that they've been married 63 years provides beautiful wisdom available to us in this body. A brother was born for adversity. Matthew 18, 15, and 16. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. There are times in the church we'll have to work things out. We'll have to confront one another. Hey, don't say that. Look, you wronged me. Let's work this out. And this is part of being the church. It's family. We're not a, we're not a business here. We're family. And we'll, it will require us often to work things out and forgive one another. James 4.11 says this, Do not speak evil against another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. We are to hold one another accountable, but we're to restore. Can't forget this. 1 John 1.3 says this, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are called to fellowship together. I don't want us to miss what the, the importance of the church, little c. Don't live your life as a lone ranger Christian out there. Recognize that you are called to be a part of a local body that knows you, that sees you. And, and I'll tell you, I, I got to see this on Friday. Oh, my goodness, it was so... Um, challenging, but yet beautiful. I drove to Oklahoma City. We have a baby in our church, little Graham. Tomorrow morning at 1030, he's going to have open heart surgery, and he is one month old. And this has been, um, uh, this has been a recent development. Everybody thought he was healthy, and then boom, this happened. And, and for a week, he's been in, at Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City. And you know what happened this week? Last week we talked about prayer, how powerful prayer is. 
And, and this is what happened. This week, um, little Grams, he's got this hole in his heart, and they, were, um, they needed to stay open until this doctor gets in town tomorrow. And, and um, all of a sudden, this hole closed up. And it was, it was, it was uh, scary. They were like, okay, what do we do? Do we fly him to St. Louis? What, what do we do? What do we do? And Caitlin put on, her, uh, on social media, please pray that this hole opens up. And you know what? Those doctors were like, huh, huh, that's weird. It opened up. And so we were like, huh, I know, it's awesome. And the surgery's tomorrow. And Josh said to me, he goes, you know what? Um, it's humbling but amazing. I feel like that the church, our church, their prayers and their support and their love are all coming at me right now. And he goes, it's humbling. And man, I can't tell you how much it means to me. See, we need one another. And this is why I believe church membership is important. You know, we live in a day where it's, it's a little more popular not to join a church. Um, but we're not following that train. Because when I read the scriptures, as, as, in our, as our pastors study the scriptures, and our church council studies the scriptures, we see that we are to know the condition of our flock. And membership, I believe, is important. Because how do we... Uh, how am I going to know who our flock is? We, I believe God intended, yeah, membership, signing a membership card is not in Scripture. I get that. But very clearly, those people at Philippi knew they were at the church at Philippi. We are to know one another. We are to make ourselves known. So if you are looking for a church, you haven't joined I, I would join here. I would. And believe me, I know a lot of pastors that wouldn't join the churches that they pastor. But they have to join it because they're the pastor. But I'll tell you what. I love this church. And I'm praying that God teaches us how to walk together. Because there is great important kingdom work to be done in this place. And that's why I, I, I'm, I'm humbled that God would entrust us with, right now, there's a second campus going on at Calvary in Tulsa. And guess what they're studying? This right here. First Corinthians 12. They're our body. And, and there's VBS this week in Calvary. I hope you pray for that. You know, we need you. And I believe you keep coming here because God may be calling you. So let's lock arms together. Love one another. And watch the Lord do kingdom work in us and through us starting right here in 
Owasso and Tulsa, and it's going to spill over into the, all the areas around here, and then it's going to drift all over Oklahoma and kind of spread through the United States and go all over the world. Let's serve the Lord together. Now, I don't know how God has spoken to you today, but can I just ask you that I need some of some, we got to fill these altars up for Graham. 10.30 in the morning, this little, little sweet boy that God has given to us as a church is going in for open heart surgery. And so some, some people need to come and pray for him. Maybe you need to come and join our church. Well, how you do that is dinner with the pastor. And there's information. I don't know if it's in the worship guide right now, but it's on our website. But I want to challenge you to, maybe you need to come and pray. Maybe you need to come to Jesus. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior. Oh, boy. Don't go another day without knowing the forgiveness and the relationship that you can have with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. I don't know how God has moved you, but would you follow him? Oh, why not follow him? Why not trust him? Would you stand where you are?